When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The Burt Show. Can't even imagine the feeling once you realize, like, A, your dog is gone, your puppy is gone, and then you start to put the clues together that maybe it was one of your former neighbors that stole your dog. Oh, they're going to be some fist flying. Uh, Abby's got the email. About a year ago, I got the sweetest little black lab puppy. I named him Max, and he quickly became the light of my life. Max was so sweet, so playful, and so cute. My old neighbor's daughter used to come over and play with him almost daily. Around this time, my neighbors were in the process of moving. Coincidentally, the day my neighbors moved, Max suddenly disappeared. I was devastated. I searched high and low, put up posters, and had the entire neighborhood looking for him. I couldn't find any trace of my sweet pup. I work from home, so I had so I used to leave the back door open for Max to come in and out on his own while I was on work calls. When I went to find Max, I couldn't find him, and I saw that the gate to my yard was open. So it's been a year, and there have been no signs of Max. Then a few days ago, my old neighbor posted a story on Instagram. In the background of the photo, I saw a dog that looked just like Max, a black lab of the same size he would be now. My heart skipped a beat, and I couldn't shake the feeling that it was him. Now I'm convinced that my old neighbors might have taken Max with them when they moved, possibly because their daughter loved him so much. But I don't have concrete proof. What should I do? Can I accuse them of stealing Max based on this video alone? How can I gather evidence to find out if this dog is really him? I don't want to make false accusations, but my gut tells me that something just isn't right. Thank you all in advance. Meredith. All right, I'm going to take a deep breath before I lose my ass. Yeah. Right? Um, As a person who has currently has three dogs and couldn't fathom somebody doing this, um, because they are your fur babies, and I am just, I am livid for you if this is indeed the case. So, no, you cannot accuse them of stealing Max based on this video alone. Maybe she loved the little dog so much that when they moved, they got one like it so she could get used, you know, used to her new home or get more comfortable, whatever. But what I would do, Meredith, if I was in your shoes, I would drive my ass over to that house, no matter how far it is, and I would go and I would knock on the door, and or if the dog's outside, I would go to the fence and say, Max, and if he turn, because he's going to remember you, right? He will remember you. Or if you go to the door and you answer and the dog is excited to see you, I would be like, you stole my damn dog. Mm-hmm. I, I'm living so for now, them, too. If, yeah, if we were talking about a kid, obviously, you would call the police immediately. But I am really, really curious. In a case like this, legally, what can you even do, man? I mean, it's not like you can call 911 on something like this, right? I mean, they would hang up on you. But does anybody have any ideas of what you can do based on a hunch like this? one 855 I don't see any issue with you calling the law and letting them know. Be like, I think somebody stole my dog, and this is where... I think they are and you could have the police go over there with you if that's the route you want to take because that is stolen property I'm hoping you have the dog microchipped and that would be the easiest way be like all right if if you didn't steal the dog let's go to a vet or let's go to a shelter and we can scan the chip and we can see whose dog it is well we got to assume it's not because then there would be no email right so let's assume that it's not so what do you do in a case like this no if you if you it can't be proven it was a year ago the dog doesn't look like it did a year ago I'm thinking if you call 911, they're going to probably go, uh, you're kind of screwed here. Well, you're not Um, calling 911. Don't call the emergency line because this is not technically an emergency. You would, like, look up the local authorities. Whatever. (laughs) Any... Yeah, any authority is probably going to go, you know how many things I've got on my to-do list today? So you want me to go over to a a former neighbor's house and see if this is your dog when there's going to be... You're cutting out, Bert. I think we got you back, though. Yeah, we got you back. Yeah, I I just don't think that there... I don't know how it can be proven. I don't even know what the first step would be. Um, You go to the house. You go to the house, and you're like, hey, Max. And if the dog recognizes you and comes to you and answers to Max, that is your dog. 
But even if you show up and you say like, oh, look, he recognizes me, the family could just go, well, that's not Max. Maybe he's just he's no. just coming up and saying hi. Y'all need to watch. I can't remember <laughs> if it was Judge Joe Brown, if it was Judge Judy. I don't remember. But it, this was a debate about a man and a woman and a dog. And they let the dog into the um, let the dog into the courtroom. Immediately ran to the guy, was all over right. him, loving him, and they were like, "The dog is yours." Like it was like. But this shut- was a year. This was a year ago. The dog was a puppy, is what she's saying. So now you've got a year. Is that dog going to have the same enthusiasm? Because now the family member is the one that's been hanging out with them for the last year. I think. I think the dog will remember. I really do. Huh. No we calls, got, we got, Tommy, on any kind of direction I go? Yeah, we do. All right, go ahead and we'll take um, one. Hey, Jordan, welcome to the Burt Show. What would you do? Hey, how are you? So I would I would take your advice. I was going to say the exact same thing that you said. I will go over there, see if the dog can recognize me, and then I will call the cops because that's enough proof right there. Yep. That happened so to my cousin, and then he lives in Georgia. And when the dog recognized him, he was able to call the cops. They took him to the vet, and the chip, hopefully she has him chipped. If not, then she's going to have to go a different route. But that is enough proof for them to come over and take the dog to at least go get checked to see if it has the chip under her name. So your cousin it's actually not- went through this? Yes, yes. My cousin Miguel, he went through it, and he went over to his old neighbor's house. He had a pit bull puppy, and Miguel had a microchip. And when uh, the neighbor moved, the dog disappeared. He was like, what the freak? But he was neighbors with the kid. So the kid will go bragging about his new pit bull puppy. So Miguel was like, yo, wait a minute. Yeah. Like, y'all moved, now y'all got a pit bull puppy? Like, that's kind of weird. So yep. Miguel went over there and, and was like, yo, uh, Thor, come here, come here. And the dog came over. Yep. Like, it was like six, seven months later. And the dog came over, and then he called the cops, and the cops were like, yo, you sure this is your dog? He's like, yeah, look, Thor, Thor. And the dog would come wagging his tail like he'd seen, like, a, hasn't seen him in forever, you know? And uh, they took him to the vet, scanned the chip. Bam, it was his dog. He took him. They charged the people for uh, thefts or something like that. Uh-huh. And then they charged him with, uh, like, an animal cruelty something uh, as well. Uh, and- they got, like, four tickets from it, so, yeah. Yeah, so I guess that's the only thing that they can do is take your guys' advice uh, and the caller's advice also and just go on over there and see if it actually works. Now, the owners might not even give her access to the dog when she shows up at the house to even do your test. You don't don't have any idea. Well, normally if you knock on a door, ring a doorbell, a dog's going to bark and they're going to be right there at the Mm -hmm. door. So fingers crossed. It works like the universe works to your advantage and allows you to get in the vicinity of Max to prove that Max is yours. Yes, if, if life was a Netflix movie, it would work out perfectly. Perfectly this way. Yes. So <laughs> we'll see. This is more right, of a we'll Hallmark movie, but yeah. <laughs> the Bird Show. All right, bear with us as we do everything we can to save our affiliate in Lexington, <laughs> which is Kristen's hometown, before we leave for Labor Day weekend. Because yeah. there's no there's no telling if we come back if we're still on in your hometown. I know. It's a bummer. Like, look, I want us to do well in every city that we're in. I'm a competitive guy. I want us to do well there. Mm-hmm. And I want the radio stations that have confidence in us to put us on to feel good about it. We suck in Lexington. And I've been seeing the emails and it it hurts just more than most because this is Kristen's hometown. So she did a rap earlier this morning trying to get some momentum in Lexington. And now Kristen's feeling good about it because we found both listeners in Lexington. They DM'd me. (gasps) What did they say? Courtney and her daughter, Lilith, listened to The Burt Show. And um, she loves that I am from Lexington like her. And they sent this little video message. We live in... Lexington, Kentucky, and we love the bird show. Yeah? And you like when they tell jokes, right? Yeah. What's your joke? So my joke is, why did why did the bear not eat dessert? Why? Because it was stuffed. <laughs> <laughs> You're two fans in Lexington. That's our level, right? Okay. Okay, we'll take it. Yeah, absolutely. So again, thank you to Lilith and her mom. I appreciate you listening. Please don't cancel us. Yeah. Lilith and her mom represent (laughs) our listenership. All of them. That's all of them. In Lexington. (laughs) So thank you for being in the same car. We appreciate it. (laughs) All right, Kristen. Yeah. I I I don't quite understand the whole game plan on this. All right, so her best friend. Slept with her boyfriend 30 years ago, and they haven't talked since. Mm. Now she's finding out her husband's 
best friend wants to date her ex BFF, the one that slept with her boyfriend. Okay. So they would all have to be like hanging out yes. in circles again. Mm-hmm. Okay. So it goes, hello, Bird Show. I've listened to the Bird Show for 15 years. I love hearing all the advice y'all have to give. I have a dilemma. I need advice for this Friday night, 9-1-23. What would you do? Okay, so this is 30 years ago. Yeah, a long time. When I was first dating my now husband, Steve. It was Christmas time. We weren't at the point where he was going to, we weren't at the point where he was going to my grandmother's with me. My supposedly BFF had just broken up with her longtime boyfriend. So she asked me if I minded if Steve went to her cousin's house with her so everyone there wouldn't be asking her all night long about why um, her and her Steve broke up. Question mark, question mark, question mark. I'm an idiot and thought she was my BFF and said yes. Fast forward to a night 10 years into my marriage, Steve confesses that that night they went off afterwards and did it. I hadn't talked to her in a year or so at this point. My husband begged me not to confront her, so it was so long ago and just let the friendship go, and that's what I did. So we're following, right? Her best friend slept with her boyfriend, who is now her husband. Mm -hmm. Now we've been married 28 years. My husband's best friend, Robert, since childhood, just bought five acres of land to build a house. Five acres of our land. Yesterday, Steve tells me that Robert ran into my backstabbing BFF and they exchanged numbers. (laughs) Sounds like your heart's open for a reunion. We are all going to a concert in the park this Friday. And my husband told me that she texted Robert and said she's going too. Mm. I told him I had no desire to talk to her and catch up. She told Robert that we were such good friends and she hated that life drifted us apart. Oh, it was Mm. life, huh? (laughs) Not her hoo-ha. So I'm being called a B because I don't want to catch up with her. I don't care to talk to her. When I told Steve that I didn't want to uh, want him to say more than hey and us walk off, he said he was his own man and wasn't going to be like that. It was 30 years ago and I should let it go. Robert is trying to go out with her, which also irritates me. So I'm going Friday night and my real BFF and her husband will be at this. So what would all of y'all do? How would you act? Let it go. It's been 30 years, but I never confronted her and she probably thinks I still don't know. Would that bother you? help. I'll tell you this right now, that it was about the same amount of time ago that one of my best friends in high school, Dave Nowlin, messed around with my prom date. This was 30 years ago. I never want to be around that SOB ever again, <laughs> even as an adult. You hold a grudge like you hold a microphone. damn right. <laughs> no, it's, it would still hurt. I still would not want to be around him. Yep. If I, if my BFF were to sleep with my significant other, that's a lifetime sentence. Yeah. We, yeah. I'm never getting over yeah, that. Yeah, dead. Yep. That's am, it. Am I the only one that thinks that she should woman up and, and talk to her? I think if you have it in your heart to forgive your husband, who was also an equal player in this affair, then mm-hmm. you should be able to have it in your heart to just have a civil conversation. No one's asking you to be besties. Just, just hang out. It would ruin my time. It would ruin my time there. Huh. It would be on my really? mind all the time. Yeah. Yes. I think it's so hypocritical. If you can forgive Steve, you can forgive whatever her name is. Hmm. I mean, you have a point. Logically, she married the guy. Logically, what you're saying is true. Uh-huh. Yet still, if I'm around this person, I it would be on my mind quite a bit. I don't know why I put more weight on my best friend than my actual significant other. Mm-hmm. I do, though. Really? Yeah, because I feel like people change partners in life. Like, that happens, you move on. But, like, your best friend is supposed to be forever. We're not supposed to go through a breakup at all. I hate to break it to you, but your spouse is supposed to be forever as well. Yeah, yeah. well, I got statistics that show <laughs> that's supposed not true. Supposed to be. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yes. The Burt Show. Cassie just um, stopped me right in my tracks. Yeah, she a did. A couple of minutes ago. <laughs> just stopped me in my tracks. We were talking about location services. Uh, location service. Service? Why does that not sound right? Services. 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 Mm-hmm. Um, and so I asked Kristen, like, do you and Bart share your locations with each other? Yep. And you said absolutely. Yeah. I mean, here's, I never check it, though. I can't remember the last time I checked it. Yeah. But it's just there for emergency purposes. And I think he's the same way. And you've got, you know, a child. So it makes some sense it right does, there. But yeah. I mean, we've been doing that since we got our iPhones. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Okay. Cass, um, she, too, shares her location with her husband with a caveat. And she always <laughs> fascinates me. Uh, Cassie and I share this mad attachment to independence and the struggle to be independent while being in a relationship. It's it's t- I share my ho- location with my husband because we have children and I fully believe he deserves to know where his kids are at all times. And in case anything happens, like in in terms of an emergency, like Kristen said, which is how I treat it, too, because I have his location. 
If I get mad at him, though, and we're in a fight, and I don't have the kids with me, I turn it off. <laughs> you play so dirty. Oh, my. So yes. dirty. It's, like, wow. it's blocking you. Like, And the thing is, I would never notice. <laughs> What's the matter with you? Once I blocked him on Instagram for a really long time, like, it, it depends how bad the fight is, but... Uh, this is unhealthy and I should probably talk to a therapist about it. But like if you, <laughs> if we're in a fight to the point where I don't feel heard, then you don't get access to me anymore. I'm going to shut it down. So that feels, healthy, that feels healthy. To you. No, but I think it's a self-preservation <laughs> thing. It's uh -huh. like, cool. If you don't want to listen to me, then you don't get access to me at all. So I'm going to shut it down. You don't get to see where I am. Now he knows it's not like I like shut it down, then leave the house for like 24 hours. You know, I don't even leave the house most of the time. So <laughs> you turn it off and you be downstairs. <laughs> 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 he wants to know if she's in the living room or the basement. <laughs> for me, it just, for me, it makes me feel better and it, it sends that message. But it just, I hate sharing my location. Like I talked about this the other morning. He's like, why are you at a medical center at 6 a.m.? And I'm like, I'm at work, you weirdo. What? Why are you checking my location at 6 a.m.? Well, well, yeah. well, because you drive from home to the radio station when it's dark outside. And if he's checking your location and you're at a medical facility, don't you think that he might go, oh, my God, my wife is something happened to her and she has to go to a medical Turn facility? Turn on the radio, you could hear my voice. Or call me and tell me that, hey, where are you? Because I see no. that you're in a hospital. You missed the point. Why was he? <laughs> even checking it to begin with. Because he cares about his wife and she left the house to go to work in the morning. He's usually asleep. He doesn't care. He doesn't wake up with me and I leave the house. He's snoring away. So that, so that, there's that. Fine. That We could say yes. That's an interesting question. Why are you at it was like a Botox spa. But why are you at a, why are you at a medical facility? And I'm like, the Is that G the one downstairs here? That no, it, no. It it, it's like weirdly it was like um, a quarter mile away. So I was like the satellites must be off. And he's like, well, do you have your phone? Did someone steal it? And I'm like, now you're annoying me. I'm trying to work. I have my phone in my hand. But like it that's doesn't how say, I'm texting you. It doesn't say like uh, Laura's Botox facility. It says medical Facility, no, it's right? not something like med it's like medical services right. spa or okay. something generic like that. It's fine. I understand that he is like, it's not fine, but I understand that he loves me and it's a safety thing. But then the questions keep coming and I'm like, I don't have an answer. Mm -hmm. I am not in charge of Elon Musk's satellites. I cannot tell you why it's off by a quarter of a mile. But if you turn on the radio right now, you will hear me talking about what you're texting me about. I feel your pain when it comes to the incessant questions because mm -hmm. We answer questions all day long, right? Amen, We're, sister. So, Speak loudly. Yes. Mm -hmm. So when somebody is peppering you with questions and or, you know, trying to like inquire about things and you're just like, just trust me. Yes. And leave me the F alone. <laughs> so here's, here's my thing. And I, under, I understand you sacrifice this when you get into a relationship. I'm very aware. But it's like. If I wasn't married, I wouldn't have to answer that to anybody. Like, I could just live my life and be free. And it's like I stopped by a coffee shop two days in a row, and I got questions about that. And I'm just, I mean, I should have brought him something that was wrong of me. I usually would. But I just wanted to swing in and have, like, 15 minutes of where I didn't have to report to anybody about my location or what I was doing. And so I think that's what it is. It's like... Because of the kids and everything, I don't ever have freedom. I can't just go somewhere without getting questioned on, yeah. why did you mm -hmm. go to Target at 11.52 a.m.? I start to panic when the questions come in because I really don't remember the answers. Like, the minute details, I just don't remember. I can give you, I went to Target, but I can't tell you what aisles I went down. I can tell you what I was going for. But then I start to panic, like I'm trying to hide something when I'm really not. Yeah. I just don't have the answer. <laughs> I'm just not smart. I think <laughs> <laughs> but I get the same way. I feel like I've done something wrong. Like and you're that, in an inquisition of sorts. Yeah, yeah. And, and I know it's not. I know this is on me and not on him. But then he'll be like, well, why didn't you just do a target order for pickup? You could have done it later. I don't know. It right. was right there. Right. I had time. Why are they like this? I don't know. But I'm like, stop. Question. You make me feel bad about going to Target. I didn't even spend that much money. I'm constantly feeling like I'm having to explain myself. And I'm tired of having to explain myself. I'm an adult yes. most of the time. So just trust me that I know what I'm doing. And there was a reason behind it and like this whole conversation that has now gotten me all jacked up and amped up was completely unnecessary. Oh my god, I, I did it to him once and it was the best. <laughs> the, his little mind was because <laughs> like, he's I know he's being helpful, but he's like, so with your license plate, it's these kind of screws that need to go into the car. And I'm like, oh my God. So I started doing it to him. Mm -hmm. I'm like, hey, just so you know, when you put the water on to boil, you need to make sure it's this temperature for it to actually boil. 
And he's like, I know. And I kept doing it. And I was like, see, you don't mm. like it. I'm an adult. I existed before you. I have a great career. I'm competent, I assure you, for the most part. Mo, this you is going to be a problem for you. I mean, Mo has got the same independent space mm. gear here, man. This right here. This Every time I come in here, I just listen and think, good old marriage. <laughs> <laughs> just look at it playing out in real time. Seriously. Well, I mean, it works out nicely for you now because your girlfriend's in New York. She's a thousand miles away. But at some point or another, I mean... You probably are more sensitive about your independence and your space than anybody I've ever met. Yeah, I, I genuinely have loved being single. I've loved all of the years that I've been able to be free. Like when I listen to Cass talk about, you know, I, I sometimes I just want to go to the store and not have to explain it. Like small things like that. When I was in relationships, it, it did bother me. And I think about it daily. I Like I know there's going to come a day when marriage is going to be a topic in my life. And I genuinely don't know what I'm going to do because I've gone so long loving not being in that situation. Prime example, and it just happened this week. Um, it's the whys. I'm so tired of the whys. And there was a Target um, bag in my purse. And he asked me why. And I'm like, it doesn't matter. Like, I went to Target. There's a... It's in there because I forgot Jimmy's teacher's gift and I had to go there and grab the dark chocolate and the gift card that I forgot to get the other day. And when I went through the car pull, I got it out and I just stuffed it in my purse so I wouldn't leave it in the car. But now you just made me have this entire conversation that I didn't want to have. That, yes, I know. Uh, why did you forget Jimmy's teacher's gift? I don't know. I was busy. It's just a line of questioning. And I know a lot of it is curiosity or it comes from a place of love um, and curiosity. I think you could set those boundaries, Mo, early in your relationship. You got to find the right person. Man, I mean, that's going to be, I think that's the thing, especially for a guy like you, is yeah. finding the right person that understands. Mo and I were having this conversation in the hall the other day. Man, are we off schedule? Who cares? <laughs> <laughs> um, it's just, uh, you almost feel like, Mo and I almost feel like we're super flawed because we are okay with being alone and being independent. So much so that it almost makes us feel like, we're deeply flawed in that area. It feels dangerous because I've, I'm so accustomed to being alone and to having my freedom and having my space. And it's been so long that there are things that even now, just in, in the relationship that I'm in now, and even though it's long distance, where I know she's not doing anything wrong, but I just feel like your tolerance changes, what you can deal with and what you can't deal with changes, your patience changes. Like even when I've missed her and she walks in and what's in this envelope? What's in this bag? Who sent that? Where'd you get that from? Where you taking? I'm like, okay, all right, all right, all right, all right, all right. <laughs> I, it's, it's difficult to make that adjustment the longer you're really like comfortable being alone. Somebody told me the other day, and I was trying to Google it right now to see if it was accurate, that the percentage of people that are in marriages and happy in your marriage and happy, not divorce rate, in your marriage and happy, 7%. No way. No. 7%. That is scary. In their marriage and happy. I don't believe that. I'm trying to Google it because it does seem super freaking low. 75% of all statistics are made up. <laughs> <laughs> like, obviously, you know, I'm bitching right now, but I can say with, like, I'm happy in my marriage. Are you happy, like, 100% of the time? That's a different statistic. Like, no, I'm not happy 100% of the time, but overall, yes, I'm happy in my marriage. Here's Megan. Hey, Megan, good morning. You're on the Burt Show. Hi. Hey, how's it going? Good. How are you? Can you tell how happy we all are? Yeah. Things are going. Oh, yeah. Things are going great. <laughs> I'm happy too. I'm married, and I have got like location services on with my husband, and it's never been a problem. But my parents have it with me. We decided to share our location a long time ago, and I'll get random text messages. Hey. Why are you at the doctor's office? Oh, what are no. you doing? Where are you going? No, no, that's no, an, no. To me, nope. that's an abuse. Like, I'm mm -hmm. giving you access in case of emergency because I love you. And also in case, like, you're really like, oh, my God, I had. My parents will call me sometimes and be like, I had the worst dream. Are you okay? Yeah, I'm fine. You don't get to ask questions. You know what I mean? You don't get to look into my life and pick it all apart and ask questions and then have me explain myself in every single minute of my day. Like, I guess it's like, I feel like I'm allowed private time mm -hmm. and I don't get it at my house, which is okay because I have kids and stuff. So my private time is literally in the car to and from work. If I stop at a Target or a Starbucks, that's my personal private time. Mm -hmm. Just let me have it. But when you start asking questions, 
Now my private time is gone. Wasn't Katie, our producer, telling us that her mom and her aunt are like hitting her all the time because they share location also. So it would be like 1230 at night. Hey, what are you doing? Yep. You still at that bar? Oh, I, I got married friends that literally come home every day and sit in the car for an hour because that's like the only <laughs> time that they there's, have to themselves. No, that is legit. Mm-hmm. Like there is something about decompressing and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to sound like a horrible person. But the other day I came home and I pulled in my driveway and my son was at school and my husband's truck wasn't there. Mm-hmm. And I got to walk into the house yeah, yeah, yeah. and it was just me. <laughs> right? It was glorious. <laughs> it, was, it was so nice. <laughs> there was nobody standing in my way in the kitchen as I was trying to get to the refrigerator. It's so quiet and peaceful, right? <laughs> I can do anything you want. We used to have a producer on the show, Carl, who would go to Target for... Five hours. <laughs> okay, that's excessive. I'm, I'm kidding. Okay. It wasn't five hours. But he'd like have to go for like one thing and would just drive around the neighborhood, <laughs> go up and down the aisles of Target because he just needed some space. I pulled into my driveway and sat in the car. I'm like, I'm going to spend five minutes looking at TikTok and ding, why are you sitting in your car in the driveway? <laughs> <laughs> Can I have some peace? <laughs> it's a bird show. The Burt Show. All right, the email is, she loves this guy, really digs him, except there's one big old problem. He is broke, 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 broke. So what does she do about it? Mo's got the email. Hello, Burt Show. I live in Ontario, Canada. Came across your show on Facebook during COVID and have been listening ever since. You guys are so funny and smart and each bring something special to the show. You are sure you're listening to The Burt Show. (laughs) (laughs) Love y'all. So let me get down to it as I need some advice. I'm 28 and have been dating my current boyfriend who was 29 for the past 10 months. I met him after getting out of a seven-year relationship that I was completely miserable in. I can honestly say I've never been so happy in my life. I love him so much. He treats me like a queen and is everything I ever wanted in a partner. Over the past two months, though, he has been going through a very hard time. He had to move out of his apartment last minute, and he does not have family to help him out, so he has been staying with friends until he can get back on his feet. You might be thinking, why can't he afford a place of his own? First, he was in a serious motorcycle accident when he was 13. He ended up shattering his leg and has been living off disability since he was 18. He actually has a permanent limp, and this has a genuine impact on him working as he does renovations. Second, rent is stupid expensive and almost impossible to live on your own. We've talked about him doing maybe a desk job, but he doesn't have those skills as he's been doing trades his whole life. We plan on getting a place together down the road, but I don't want to move in until he has con- constant, consistent money coming in. Aside from disability, one thing I love about him, that he has goals, works really hard, and wants better for himself. If he was content with his situation and had no drive, I would completely be turned off. He never mooches off me. We split the bill, and we can, when we can, and he always pays me back. So I never feel like he's taking advantage. But the thing is... I have a full-time 9-to-5 job with consistent income. I just moved back with my parents, so I'm saving as much as I can. Whereas my boyfriend works here and there and is barely getting by on disability checks. $1,200 a month. He basically lives off the money he gets and has nothing left to put away. So my question is, what should I do? I love my boyfriend and don't want to break up. But money is important to me, as I want to live comfortably. I don't need to live lavishly. I don't expect him to pay for me or get fancy gifts. I love him for him, but I've also been in a relationship where money became a huge issue and I was taken advantage of. I know a couple, I know as a couple you should be there when things get hard, but I'm also close to 30 and want some structure. I still live at home, so I shouldn't be talking too much, but I just don't want to waste my time. But I also have never loved someone like I love him, so I'm torn. Bird Show, please help or give advice if you've been in a similar situation. All the best. Mm-hmm. For me here, I'm <laughs> uh, I'm going to be a little calculated in my answer, so you guys go first. For me here, um, I, I feel like you're really going to regret it if you dump this guy because you're stressed about money right now. That being said, like I know the number one thing when it comes to divorce is usually finances. So you got to figure that out before you move in, in with each other, which of course you already know. I think if you get some kind of physical representation of what 
he needs to be making in order for you guys to move in, I feel like that's going to make the most sense. Like, for example, if you want to get a house before you two move in together, why don't you find some houses on Zillow and print them out and say, hey, this is my goal for us to be able to afford in the next one, two, three years or whatever. How can we both get there financially? This is where I'm going to be. Where can you get, um, where can you be so that we can both afford this together? So I live this Minus the limp and disability. However, my <laughs> husband does have a nub. I'm just saying, because he cut off half a finger. Um, and I, I don't know. And I'm trying to put myself back there because it was a long time ago. Like we met 17 years ago. And that is a, like a substantial amount of time. And it, people misremember. And I understand that. But I don't ever recall being um, put off by his lack of employment or lack of money. And I don't know what this says about me but it's because I always knew I could provide for the both of us. So maybe if she was in more of a stable situation herself, because they are both kind of up in the air right now, I can understand how that would be disorienting and um, you would be hesitant in moving forward in the relationship. But for me, dating somebody who did not have a consistent job, but I saw so much potential, treated me like a queen, brought everything else to the table, minus, you know, money, um, that was just... It, it was just, it was at the bottom of my priority list. Mm -hmm. um, I've got a couple of strong feelings about this. First of all, I think that you knew that if you were going to be the provider, that Bart was going to have his roles and he was going to provide in different areas that weren't financial. So it was an equal relationship. Totally. Always has been. That is a hundred percent where you have to go if one isn't working. The second thing I would say here is... Um, look, this is important to you to have money and for him to have a job to be able to provide financially. Don't go off of his p potential. I would say true. at some point or another, he has to show you what he really is. You are hoping because you love him so much that this is part of him, but this m might be him in theory of himself, but not really what he's all about. I wouldn't rush into this relationship if that's important to you. Somebody once said on the show, and I don't remember who, but you have to look, and it might have been Cassie, you have to look at your partner. And if your partner, if this is as good as it gets, as far as like, you know, you're, you got to put potential aside. This is where they are for the rest of your life. Are you going to be okay with that? Are you going to be happy mm -hmm. with that? Yeah, I'm kind of torn on what kind of advice to give, but I do agree with Bert. I mean, if it's me, it's a no-brainer. If I feel like this is my person and I feel like they make me feel like I've never felt, and I that to me would be more important. And I just have faith in myself that we'll find a way. We will work this out. But at the same time, if you already have those feelings of I love this person, but I want to be with this person, but then maybe you're right and you should accept mm -hmm. it for where it is and find a way to move on. The Bird Show. All right, moving on. These are really fun because they are the most cringe-worthy <laughs> voice prompts from Hinge. And each and every week, Abby goes searching for them. Yeah, if you're fortunate enough to not be on the dating apps, give yourself a pat on the back. I am still in the trenches. But on this dating app called Hinge, sometimes people can respond to some of the prompts that are on their profiles with voice prompts. And they are usually very, very cringy, but usually we get a good laugh out of them. And so this week, I went hunting for some good ones. I've got some sent to me and I found a very different sector of voice prompts this time around. So okay. normally we just hear the voice prompts from their profiles when you're scrolling through and deciding who you do and do not want to match with. And I will play some of those at the end, but I did find this one girl who has this ongoing bit where she will use voice messaging once she actually matches with the guys and she gets very creative. So in one of these text conversations, she pretend, I can't play it cause it's too graphic, but she pretended that she was in the middle of a battle and was like, I'm sorry, I'll get back to you, but psh, psh, psh. and so I think she has found her perfect match because he brought the same energy when responding back to her. Which one is this? I'm Surgeon. Hi, Cutlet. This is Alien. I uh, just wanted to reach back out to you and say thanks for the note. Really hope you make it back from war. Uh, scalpel! Sorry, I'm just at um, my day job as a neurosurgeon. I'm trying to uh, sew up Jeffrey's cerebral cortex right now. So <laughs> shut up, Jeffrey. Um, yeah, but, you know, it's really nice that uh, you reached out, and I hope that we can get together for drinks sometime soon. So, oh. <laughs> 
one sec. Oh, I gotta go. I gotta go. <laughs> okay. If they don't go out okay. together, they are missing out on a huge opportunity. That might be the best one I've heard. <laughs> <laughs> and so the bit has just kept going on and on and on. And so she did another one where she, you know, was talking to this guy and, you know, was pretending that she was in the car or whatever and, you know, being a little distracted while she was driving. And then he again brought back the same energy. Okay, so just like contact my lawyer and we can go from there. Hey, Caitlin, that's no problem. I can reach out to your lawyer. I'm actually on the road to driving and there's this girl with a UF sticker in front of me and she's going crazy. Oh my God. Oh my God. Caitlin, is that is that you? Shoot, I guess we have to exchange information now. Uh, hey, James. Um, I just wanted to let you know I'm actually in the hospital with Caitlin right now. Um, she's right by my side and... Oh, f Oh my God. Oh, this is not good. Treasure 300. Treasure 300. Caitlin. Oh my God. Oh my God. Treasure 500. Oh, Come on. Push. God, push. Please push for me. You got this. Oh my God. Is that a pulse? I guess pretending you've died is better than ghosting. I think she's, uh, got, she's like, I'm sick of talking to this guy. That is one way to end the conversation. Yep. She did. At least he'll know. And he's going to go along with the bit too. So we know that he's a, yeah. a good team player. So I guess that relationship ends. And she does try to continue this with other guys where I do think, um, you know, sometimes it can be funny. Sometimes it can just be a little bit like, are you trying to get a date out of this? Hey, Andrea, I also think you're really cute. Um, I'm actually taking a Right now, I had Chipotle for lunch, and it's not going well, so I just want to respond. Oh, okay, no. Even I. No, nope, oh nope. How do I leave this? How do I leave this? It's so embarrassing. I just wanted to see Bert's face. <laughs> I mean, I love toilet humor, and that went too far too for me. Much. Too much. <laughs> it was too graphic. <laughs> I am not feeling my best today. And that was like... <laughs> I'm sorry. Did you say you wanted to hear it again? No. no. Do not, no. Thomas. Do not. Do not. Okay, now that we're out of the messages, we are back to um, just the typical voice prompts mm -hmm. that you would hear while you're swiping right and swiping left. And as we know, the, the favorite thing for a guy to do on the dating apps is to give us a little song. This is really embarrassing and uh, I have no idea why or how I'm able to do this because I can't sing um, at all, but I can sing opera. Uh, here he goes. Uh, <laughs> I think he gets points. He gets That's zero points. That's pretty zero. funny. No, it wasn't really good. All you got to do is make her chuckle. Everybody thinks they can sing opera. Like that's the one thing. Like if you can't sing, you think you can belt out some opera. Yes, of course. And so we, we learn a little bit too much about their secret talents. We also learn about things um, below the belt as well. Believe it or not, I only have one testicle. So I think I got to put myself up there with you know, Lance Armstrong, Arnold Schwarzenegger, the drummer from Green Day, and then, you know, myself, Zach from Hinge on the Mount Rushmore, people that only have one testicle. <laughs> So now we're all doing the same thing Kristen's doing right now. Is Googling. I, I didn't know that about those other. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't know about Arnold Schwarzenegger. I think oh, he making... lost a testicle after years of steroid use. Is that right? Well, I mean, it's the first thing that pops up on the Google. <laughs> the more you know. Well, speaking of him, somebody did a really great um, impression that at first I thought was him, but turns out it's not. I get to the chopper. I know it's a little cliche. <laughs> and uh, that's my impersonation of Demi Lovato. <laughs> okay, at the end is funny. That, that impression is Cookie Monster trying to do Arnold Schwarzenegger is what I get out of that. <laughs> oh, my God. That's exactly what it is. And that's all my voice prompts. Just, you, a, just your weekly reminder that it sucks out here. Are you still doing a Google search on one testicle man? Yeah, I am. <laughs> we have 22 lost celebrities with one or fewer testes. Would you like to cover that next? Why, yes. <laughs> Why does it say one or fewer? I mean, maybe there's... Should it be one or none? <laughs> well, it just says with one or fewer testes. Oh, yes. they're really nice. Yes, I would, actually. Okay. Okay. Can I have half a testes? Oh, there's a shocker! Really? Uh, shocker! Okay, okay, next. <laughs> the Bird Show. We know the last thing in the world that you want when you're listening to a radio morning show is philosophical questions. So let's hit you with a couple of them right now. Um, Kristen left this one for us. Uh, she's out today. Uh, she said that she started to feel a cold yesterday. She was going to do the show from home today, and then she woke up and she had no voice. So she's out. But she left us with this. All right, so this was on Instagram. <clears throat> we all have to answer this. You meet your 18-year-old self. You're only allowed three words. 
What are they? Mm -hmm. Three words to tell your 18-year-old self. Okay, that was just last year for you, uh, Abby. So <laughs> what, <laughs> what would you tell yourself last year? So for me, I was trying to figure out something that would be both hopeful and encouraging without being too cryptic. Because for me, I live in worst case scenario land and always think mm -hmm. the worst is going to happen. So I wanted to give myself something... <laughs> That would give a little bit like hint that like things are going to be okay, but everything I came up with um, <laughs> kind of, I could still spin to be worst case. Scenario. Can we dive into that for just one second? Yeah. So what's the defense mechanism there? So if you're, because it just seems so stressful to me to always think the common denominator in every problem is going to be the worst case scenario. Mentally, that would be exhausting for me. Well, my last name is Murphy. Like what can go wrong will go wrong. Like I just, <laughs> it's just naturally built into my DNA. Um, I don't know what it is. I think it's maybe just me being kind of a naturally negative person and just, save that. <laughs> just I'm just constantly just living in a world of pessimism. And, I, and maybe if I think the worst is going to happen, then I'll prepare for the best. Mm -hmm. But I think it probably just comes down to the fact that I don't have enough free flowing serotonin. <laughs> that was well thought out. Apparently, that's not the first time you've asked yourself this question. Nope. <laughs> Have you found yourself like in in your past? Whenever you do things, something inevitably will go wrong, and that sort of trained you to be like, "Well, something is definitely going to go wrong, no matter what." Yeah, it's probably a trauma response to something, and something horrible didn't happen in my past. But I think being a perfectionist, you just and you're, you're nothing is ever good enough. So I think I, mm. I my brain just kind of is always assuming that the worst is going to happen because for me, the worst is literally anything less than my best. So I got this weird thing about like energy in the universe. And I, I feel like if I go to worst case scenario in my head and I think it, then the universe is going to hear it. And that's what's going to happen. That's exactly what I think. And I, I used to be the same way. I used to always wait for the other shoe to fall. I used to always think it's going to go bad. And then somebody one day told me, it literally takes the same amount of energy, Mo, to think that things will go right or to think that things will go wrong. So just try to think that things will go right and see what happens. However, here's what I do connect with what you're saying in your mm -hmm. philosophy. And Mo, I don't know if you're like this, but this is the way that I brace myself for sporting events. Every time my team is playing, I just know they're going to get their ass kicked that weekend. <laughs> so that's what I tell myself. And I'm pleasantly surprised when they win, but I want to brace for the loss before it happens. I do the same exact okay. thing. Yeah. <laughs> I go in prepared to lose every single week. Well, so it can uh, also be like a form of control. Like if you think that the worst is going to happen, you can prepare for it mm -hmm. or maybe Maybe in some weird messed up way, if you think the worst is going to happen, like the universe will hear it and be like, well, now I'm not going to do that because she she saw it coming. <laughs> well, you can't be you can't be disappointed if you expect the worst to happen. Right. You know, and I think if you're a perfectionist, like you say you are, Abby, and I think we have some similarities, like if you do something and something does go wrong, like I beat myself up. I'm like, I should have prepared for that. That was really dumb of me. Of course that was going to happen. How could I not mm -hmm. see it coming? Yeah. So the words that I gave my 18 year old self were words that came to me in a vision when I was around like 23 and I was kind of in a low place at my old job where I was kind of like, everything sucks and I'm going to quit. <laughs> and I heard this weird voice in the back of my head because I hear voices. <laughs> not, not all the time. But every now and then. Okay, and, so she's not a perfectionist. It's schizophrenia. I'm just, yeah. I'm just, I'm are, just mentally ill. We are really learning a lot about that <laughs> over the last two and a half call, minutes. Call it the universe, call it Jesus, whatever. And the voice just said, don't give up. And that gave me enough strength to kind of make it through. And I kind of think that everything sort of worked out. So I would tell my 18-year-old self, mm -hmm. don't give up. So I'll do mine quickly because it's sort of close to what yours uh, are also. And that's um, things work out. You don't know when you're 18. You don't know when you're like in your early 20s also. But any major thing that has come in my life, I have been so stressed out about the outcome. And in looking back at it, yeah, it was stressful at the time. But you know what? Things work out. They're going to be okay. Mm -hmm. Mine is in line with what you guys have said. And it's funny because things work out was also my other one. But then I landed on believing yourself. Because I, mm. that's what I think mm. my issue was when I was younger. I just didn't believe that things would go right. I didn't believe that I was enough, that I had what it takes, to, and everything will work out in the end, so long as you just keep your faith and believe in yourself. So I think that would have been my message to me. Cass. Find your, uh, find your passion. Mm. So I feel like I was pretty aimless at 18. Um, and this was like, for those listening, like you guys, 
before the internet, before TikTok, before all this like opportunities to find things to be interested in. So I was interested in a lot of stuff, but I kind of just floated through college, like taking classes here and there. And I didn't have a real passion until my senior year and I discovered really photography. And I wish I had something earlier. I wish I had more direction rather than just kind of floating aimlessly. I know college is about mm-hmm. finding yourself, but that's what I would tell myself is to really get out and search for your passion and focus on it. That's good. The Bird Show. Not literally, but in my mind's eye, figuratively, every day I want to punch somebody in the face. <laughs> every day? Every day, huh? Yeah, I mean, it could be somebody in headlines. It could be somebody in the news, somebody in politics, somebody that cuts me off in traffic that has a University of Florida sticker on their phone. <laughs> somebody in my mind's eye is getting punched in the face. I would never do it. <laughs> First of all, I have to jump up to reach him in the face, probably. (laughs) (laughs) Jump punch. Mo wants to do it literally. Yeah, I do. And that's the the beautiful side of boxing is that you get to punch people in the face. But there's another side to that in which they get to punch you back. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, (laughs) it's a two-way street. It's a two-way street. Unless you're really, really good. The other person's really, really bad. Is there a boxing league that just allows you to throw punches but not take them? (laughs) (laughs) If there is, (laughs) I'd be the first to sign up. Right? So um, I'm I'm in this position now where this has been a debate on our podcast uh, in the moment. Katie and myself, our producer, Katie. And I'm now concerned on if her opinion about what I should do next with boxing is her being a good friend Hmm. because she's concerned or her being a bad friend because she doesn't believe in me. You get a different Katie on the podcast. It's a little darker, Katie. Absolutely. A little more honest, Katie. Absolutely. And a little, you're distrusting of it. Yes. (laughs) Uh, What is your history with boxing? So to take you guys back to the beginning, when I was younger, uh, like towards the end of my teenage years, my my dad has always been in law enforcement and has always been really big on just really being in shape, being healthy, exercising and being able to defend himself. So when I was in uh, growing up, I wanted to be like my dad. So I started boxing because he was always into boxing and really good at boxing. And I fell in love with it. And so like around the time I stopped playing basketball and football because I realized there was no future there. I got into boxing. And I think a lot of people don't realize when you when you do get into boxing, it's way more than physical. Mm-hmm. It actually does a lot for you mentally as much as it does physically. In what way? I think it gives you a, a different level of confidence. There's something to not only the training that you have to go through. It really does put you in the best shape of your life. Like, I mean, you feel better. It's way more than just how you look. You just, it's how you feel. And it gives it's you. It's intense cardio. Very intense. And it's a challenge. It's a challenge that you have to overcome each and every day. You can kind of feel yourself getting better at something. And if I'm being honest, there's just something to being in a room and feeling like you could defend yourself against mm-hmm. anybody in this room if mm. you had to. Yeah, I would think that there are mental benefits. Benefits also because you got to be a hundred percent focused, or you're going to get knocked out. Right, right, and taking on punches every single second while still going forward has got to do something for your confidence. It does, and it it uh it just I don't know how to explain it, but it gives you. I had a different level of confidence when I was at the top peak of my boxing tenure. And I haven't had that. Like, I haven't had that same feeling or even that same challenge ever since I stopped. And I stopped because I was good at it. Like, it it really came natural to me. And that's what made me love it. But after a while, you just get tired of getting punched in the face. (laughs) It's not, that part of it is not fun at all. Did you ever get knocked out? No, I've only been knocked down. And ironically, I... get knocked down, but I get up again. I, I did get up. I got, I had 11 fights. And I only got knocked down once, and it was in a fight that didn't count because it was against my dad. My dad. Your dad took you down. Yes. I think I remember you telling us about this. Yes. When I when I first started boxing, I I was feeling myself a little bit. Uh-huh. I got I got real confident uh-huh. in my abilities because at that dad time, dad had to knock the cocky out of he you, did. didn't he? I, I think I was maybe six and zero in my training fights at that point. So I thought I was Floyd Mayweather, and <laughs> my, you're ready. I was ready. And I, my dad was like, "But well, it's still a lot that you have to learn." And I told my dad, "You was never six and zero." You, you didn't. Oh. You didn't have his record. And he went. <laughs> <laughs> he went. He went. What? <laughs> Put you on your ass. That's exactly what happened. And I remember my mom like helping me get up. It was. Oh. It was an embarrassing situation. Mama had to help you up. <laughs> yes. Why you hit him so hard? <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! I can know in your family. I can see this scene playing out. It was. Uh, it's something yeah. me and my dad still talk about to this day. But it, it helped me because it humbled me. And then he went on to train 
me after he knocked me down so it wouldn't happen from someone else, gotcha. which I appreciated. That was nice of him. That's so that funny. That was so yesterday. <laughs> you can't get away with that today, man. No. That's such a yesterday story. So all these years have gone by, and in the back of my mind, I've every time I watch boxing, every time I'm around it, I don't necessarily want to get back into it to fight per se, but I've always wanted to get back to the training of it. I feel like I was just in the best shape of my life when I was doing it. I feel like mentally I was in such a good place. I mean, it's a release as well. You get to go into the gym and you can imagine how hitting punching bags, hitting speed bags, you can release a lot of tension, stress, Mm -hmm. all of these things. And when I, I was, I was like, a part of me was thinking, I think I want to get back in the game. But I didn't have the push I feel like I needed until one of my really good friends came to me and he's in a transition stage of his life where he wants to start taking his health seriously and he feels like the best way for him to do that is to get into boxing because everybody's motivated by something different. And he said something to me that resonated and it's true. He's like, you'll never be more motivated to get yourself in top condition than knowing that you might get your ass kicked. Yeah, right. that's, that's a great way to get there. Even more, even better motivation than taking pictures on a beach vacation? Yes. Really? Yes. Because okay. I mean, especially when you got your friends, you got your family mm-hmm. coming out to see you fight, even if it's like an exhibition fight, you don't want to get beat up yeah, right. in front of the people you love the most so he wants me to to train with him like he's like i want to do it but i need an extra push you've already been there you've had this training you've said you want to do it so i'm like is this a sign yes do so it that's what i thought you getting ptsd well, no, not initially. <laughs> he's not doing bouts. He's training. Those yeah, I'm training. Are, yeah. I'm not fighting my dad again. That's, yeah. that's okay. not happening. <laughs> but when I went to our producer, Katie, about this, and I thought she would have had the same reaction you just had, Kristen, of do it, she looked at me like, no, don't do that. Why? Why? Well, she didn't really go into it, and that's what I wanted to ask her. Katie, well, get I, your butt to a mic. She's supposed to be in here to tell me why she does not want me to box. And Katie, come on. Maybe she just thinks that you're soft now. I, I, I'm feeling like that might be it. Here she comes. She's running. She's, yeah. yeah. She, 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 Katie's she, training right now also. She just sprinted down the hole. <laughs> <laughs> Are you afraid he's going to be chewing punches? Yes. Uh-huh. All right. He's already broken how many fingers? Two. How, how crooked are your hands? Show, show your hands. Yeah, they, they're pretty crooked. Well, how'd you so break? Two oh, fingers wow. and two fingers really and a wrist. Yeah. <laughs> You've never that noticed. Really bad. Yeah, that one does what it wants. I've <laughs> 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 not had control of that wow. finger for quite some time. That's like the claw game. It's like the, <laughs> the claw. It's like the crypt keeper's fingers. I mean, my fingers are a little beat up and my left wrist, um, it kind of breaks on its own every once in a while. But I never lost a fight. Let's get back to that finger for a second. How'd that happen? This one? Uh, I can't remember. What do you mean this one? Because there's there's a couple of them that are broke. (laughs) Yeah, the one that's facing the other way. This one? (laughs) The the one that you can't straighten. I broke it. Uh, I think initially I broke it playing football, and then I rebroke it from boxing. You can only give a four and a half. You can't give a four. (laughs) That's all I got. That's all I got. That's it. So, yeah. Okay, so, right. but again, this is not bout, this is training, but I, I'm, I'm taking it. Injuries can also be, can also be common in training. It can, but I, I would also be sparring. That's typically where the injuries come. Because oh. even though you're not necessarily fighting, fighting, you still have the helmets on, but you're yeah. still actually getting in there and sparring with somebody because that's one of the best ways to actually get complete your training. What's your concern here? I hear him complain about how hard it is to get out of bed after just one <laughs> night of just having fun. <laughs> Imagine. <laughs> Calling you out. Yeah, she is. She, she is. is bringing you to the mat hard. Well, you would be like sparring with people your own age and in your own shape, right? It's not like you're going out of class or anything like That's that. That's typically how it works. Okay. Yes. But if he can't handle standing around and listening to some good music, what makes you think he's going to handle That's, after this whole exercise of boxing? That's why I need to start training again so right. that I can handle a night out with you. <laughs> That's a part of what this is for. That's what the training's for? Yes. So you can hang with Katie? I can't take it anymore. <laughs> <laughs> I need to get back in shape. But the truth is, if you start training, you're going to want to get in a ring competitively. That's yep. what Katie thinks. That's uh-huh. what my mom is afraid mm-hmm. of also. Because she, my mom tells me that she gave me a face for modeling, not for boxing. Right, agreed. Mm-hmm. That's too pretty to be beat up. Yep. And once that starts, then it's just going to be, he's going to turn to like this professional boxer. And then he's going to be like, I have another job now, too. <laughs> 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 the, jo- the jokes are becoming a little bit slower. Yeah. <laughs> I can, we can expect that, okay? Uh, mm-hmm. I could see myself maybe want to do one more fight, but I don't uh, think I would go beyond that. 
just to see if I still got it. Famous last words. Mm-hmm. Mm. Uh, I say go for it. I man. say go for it. I so. say go for it. Cash, you say go for it. Too? I don't think Heck there's yeah. even. I don't even think there's an option. You're wearing protective equipment while you're sparring. Yeah. I did that at 11 years old in karate. We didn't hit as hard. Trust, but you're. If they let children hit each other with stuff on, <laughs> grown adult men are fine. Go do your thing, man. Okay. All right. Where can people listen to in the moment? You can get it wherever you get your podcast, and they are part of the Pioneer Network. The Burt Show. The country is divided. Divided. You may not even know it yet. Family might be divided. Our family in here might de- be divided over the great fart debate. This took the internet by storm, and I didn't see it coming, but it went viral, and it genuinely seems like everybody had to pick a side once this conversation went viral. All right, what 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 teams are we having to choose? So Shannon Sharp and Chad Ochocinco have a podcast that they do together, and it came up that Shannon Sharp is on one side of the debate, and Chad Ochocinco is on the other side of the debate. And the debate is... For those that don't know, those are two former football players. Right, and the debate is... Do you fart in front of your significant other, and do you allow your significant other to fart in front of you? And here is the conversation. Going to the bathroom in front of a woman, I'm not, I don't do that. I don't pass hell, no. Listen, let me tell you what my grandma told me now. The minute she can use the bathroom and leave the door open, that's the one. She can't do that. This one right here, I knew she was the one. When she farted in front of me, oh, Oh, yeah. I broke up with a girl. I bro- he, was he ending with I broke up he, with a girl? He says he legit broke up with a girl that he liked because she farted in front of him. And he was like, no, we're not doing that. And that was enough reason for him to leave. Whereas Chad Ochocinco feels like when a woman farts in front of me or uses the bathroom with the door open, mm. that more so means like, oh, she's the one. She's comfortable enough that this is a woman I can marry. All right. So we got a couple of things to unpack here. When you're talking about door being open, is that peen or is that number two? Well, those, I, those obviously are two very different mm-hmm. things. So for me, um, I leave the door open when I pee. I do not do that when I'm I'm dropping a log. <laughs> <laughs> all right, now I've got a pretty good idea where this is going now. Um, all right, Cass, I want you in on this because I know you're a big fan of the Dutch ovens, but um, you have said this before. Uh, so you don't poop with the door open, do you? No, I don't. But unfortunately, having kids, they will. I don't lock it, and they will open it. And I remember one day I was sitting there and I kept telling my kid, I need privacy. I need privacy. And then because I do, I pee with the door open. My husband just came up and started talking to me. And I'm like, can you leave me alone, please? And shut the door. So for me, number two is a closed door situation. I already think I know about Mo. I have never been comfortable enough to fart around a girlfriend or to even use the bathroom with the door open around a girlfriend. I don't know that I am to the extreme to where if it happened, I would leave her. But I, I certainly wouldn't be something that I would feel like, yeah, let's uh, incorporate this into our relationship. All right, so it's, it was never discussed, but she rips one in front of you. How do you react? Is it an accident or is it a no, lift in the leg? It's so not a like- lifting of the leg, but <laughs> it's not like a, she's embarrassed. Like she purposefully lets one rip in front of you. I would legit be disgusted. I, I'm telling you. <laughs> no, I'm going to be honest. We're getting real cu- close to a ga- uh, like game changing. Yes. Right. Yeah. No, you can't. No. You can't do that. No. I, I, would, I would politely ask her to please never do that again. Okay, I, but- didn't, I didn't come from one of those fart families like a bunch of my friends. Or fart families. Like I go and spend the night and dad would lift the leg and <laughs> everybody would laugh about it. And the kids would lift their legs and it was hilarious. No, nobody farted in my house ever. And this would be a game changer, a deal breaker for me. Maybe that's why I don't like it because my dad is that dad. Oh, mm. He's always the fart on you think it's funny guy. And I never enjoyed that. I'm letting you know right now you get married and she gets pregnant. She won't be able to control that and you're going to have to deal. Oh. <laughs> does, it, does it change based how long you've been dating? Because I wouldn't do that in the beginning of a relationship. No. The first couple of years, no. Nah. But then later on where I'm more comfortable, I'll do it at the dinner table and I blame no, the baby. Absolutely not. I've totally blamed Jimmy. Yeah. Bart was like, <laughs> Bart really thought our toddler had like a poopy diaper. And I let him check the diaper and everything. And then he looked at me and I was like, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> has been living so much. And he just looks at me and he just shakes his head. Has Bart gotten to the point where he lifts you up and smells your butt to see no. if it's real or if you pooped yourself or not? Abby, where are you on this? For me, I am a closed door person, but I will say there's something going around that I think guys 
I don't know if I would call it a turn on, but I have heard this from my guy friends. So if you're on FaceTime with your lady, they get very offended if you put the mute on <laughs> while you're going pee and you're still on FaceTime. They, I have heard that it is like another level of intimacy. Like they know that you feel close to them if you don't mute it while you're tinkling. Nah, <laughs> wow. nah I, I would appreciate the mute. Yeah, <laughs> the peeing thing wouldn't bother me as much, but do, you got to close that door. We are not... Whatever I have to say or whatever you has, have to say can wait whatever time it's going to be while you're going number two. You're mm-hmm. so extreme. You go on vacations and won't even use the bathroom in your own hotel. You go to the mm-hmm. lobby. That is true. That's yeah, crazy. Yeah, I'm not that bad. And the person I'm with will go down and use the lobby as well. What? Yes. Really? And, yeah, I'm and not nobody that bad. had time for no, that. No. Oh, yes. Oh, by the way, I forgot to tell you guys. I got an update about the woman who had diarrhea on the airplane. Do you want to hear it? Yes. The wo- oh, this was a couple of weeks ago. Yes, yeah, you yes, got to yes. reset this yeah, story. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So a woman on a flight, they were leaving, going from Atlanta to Barcelona, right? And she gets diarrhea down the aisle of the plane, and they had to, like, get everybody off the plane. It was a biohazard. They were, like, doing all this stuff. Plane didn't end up taking off to Barcelona until, like, 3 a.m. in the morning, right? So somebody I know knows somebody who was on the plane. She was actually sitting two rows in front of the woman who had the accident. And this is what went down on the plane. So um, she said she ran to the back of the plane to use the bathroom, but somebody was in there. So she panicked and she ran to the front of the plane. She ran to the front of the plane. And as she was running to the front of the plane, that's when everything came out of her and she just kept running. So like, of course, hindsight's 2020. And she was in the front of the plane, so she had to go. (laughs) She was in comfort. She was. They were sitting in comfort because the woman said they were sitting in comfort. So what's that, the first 12 rows or something? You, you yep. have first class and you have comfort okay. and then mm-hmm. you have um, main, cabin, main cabin, right? And if you're going to Barcelona or whatever, that's going to be a big plane. So you're probably 30, 40 rows. If I remember correctly from the video, there's two aisles, okay. right? So she ran all the way to the back. Somebody was in there, started running to the front, and that's when everything came out, and she just ran all the way to the front, right? Oh, no. So what the plane did, they turned off all the lights, and they escorted her off the plane so nobody could see her face because she was so embarrassed. Oh, my gosh. I know, right? But um, they said they waited, and it took so long to clean the plane because it was so bad that, like, 40 people opted not to get back on the plane, and they just were going to get, like, another flight. But at this point, it's like you're taking a red eye to Barcelona. You might as well just get back on the plane. No. And that the woman. I, I wouldn't have got back I'm not on, that plane. on that plane. Oh, you're not? No way. Really? Mm-mm. So 40 people apparently chose not to get back on the plane. The woman who had the accident got back on the plane. No. Wow. Really? <laughs> yeah, well, she's but no sitting there. She was. Boom. She don't care. Right. <laughs> she's probably sitting there in the seat being like, can you believe what just happened? <laughs> <laughs> All right. So but final. That's so bad for her. Like, could yeah, you imagine? No. So if your significant other poops in front of you or farts in front of you, is that a sign of intimacy or lack of respect? Fart, yes. Poop, no. Okay. Uh-uh, it's too far. Yeah. Fart, yes. Poop, mm-mm. Lack of respect, either way. Either way. Same here. Lack of respect for me. Lack of respect. Yes, sir. <laughs> The Burt Show.